Well, hey there, friends, and welcome to episode 234 of Self Kind with me, Erica Webb. Today is a Tuesday tidbit episode, so just a quick little short one, but I want to share with you my number one tool for nervous system regulation and why that tool is self-compassion. Hi, and welcome to Self Kind with me, Erica Webb. This is a podcast about what it means to be, live, and move through a lens of self-kindness. We'll look at the ways self-kindness can underpin our practices in movement, mindfulness, and mindset to support us to be and do the things we so desire in the world. I'm thrilled you're here. Let's get into the show. So nervous system regulation, what actually is that? When we look at the definition of nervous system regulation, what we see is that it's basically our ability to move between states in response to stress so that we are not kind of completely overwhelmed and at the mercy of those stresses, right? So sometimes it can feel like we're just these little puppets on strings being pulled this way and that by our physiology. And nervous system regulation Whilst obviously our body does that on its own anyway, it has methods for kind of regulating with various things like size and sleep and um, all sorts of things. Crying is a nervous system regulation tool as well. But having these conscious ways of shifting our responses to stress can be incredibly valuable, especially in this kind of world that we live in where we are constantly exposed to things that are stressful. We don't really have that break to recover from the last stressful thing before the next one kind of goes, hey, here I am. And that could be stress that's internally driven. That could be stress that's kind of in our immediate vicinity, in our immediate world. And it can be stresses that we see playing out all over the world because we are exposed to literally everything. And so nervous system regulation tools are really valuable in helping us to essentially self-soothe. And what I want to talk about today is why self-compassion is my number one tool for this, because there's lots of tools and they all are useful and we can bring all of them into play. But I really believe that self-compassion is one of those foundational practices that is key. And the reason for that is this, when we practice self-compassion, there's a couple of things that we do. One, we don't make ourselves wrong. We acknowledge what is going on for us in the same way that if a friend sort of turned to us and said, you know, I can see that you're having a hard time. Tell me about it. Feels a lot more supportive than like, well, you shouldn't be feeling that way. What's wrong with you? Right? So self-compassion in part is this acknowledgement, that kind of looking and saying, okay, well, this is the reality of how I'm feeling. This is the reality of my experience right now and not bringing judgment into the mix. And then the second part of that, which is very much linked to the first, is that the self-compassionate practice allows us to find a sense of internal safety or more of a sense of internal safety. Because instead of fighting ourselves, instead of being our own kind of enemy in that regard, we are becoming our own ally. We are becoming our own soft place to land because we trust that we'll be met with that compassion. We trust that we'll be met with that understanding rather than the judgment and the criticism and the blame right? So in that way, self-compassion is absolutely a nervous system regulation tool because instead of piling up 
the stresses of being like, why am I like this? Why do I feel like this? I should be able to do it better. I should be able to, you know, blah, 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 blah. We say, oh, this is the reality of what I'm feeling. That's okay. I don't necessarily want to stay here and that, you know, we can obviously do do things for that as well, but it's not a denial and it's not a blame game. It's not a shame game. And by creating that internal sense of safety, we're signaling to our nervous system that, hey, like things are okay. We've got this. We can trust ourselves. And because our brain is a, a threat and safety scanning machine, what our brain is looking for in terms of evidence of safety doesn't just come from outside of ourselves. It comes from inside as well. And so fostering that self-trust, allowing ourselves to meet ourselves with that compassion and kindness contributes to our brain's assessment of, am I safe? Have we got this? Are we okay? And so that's why self-compassion is my number one or nervous system regulation. doesn't mean it's the only thing. Absolutely not. But when we can lay self-compassion down as like our foundation and then put things on top, I think it makes all the rest of them even more powerful. And here's the simple practice that I want to share with you today in terms of how to do this. Self-compassion can feel so weird because it's not something that we've been taught generally. Some of you may have been, and I, I I love that for you so much, but for most of us, if you're kind of in my generation, it won't have been something that you were taught as a child or a young person, most likely. And there's a couple of parts to it, which are exactly the same parts that we just talked about. Meeting yourself with an acknowledgement of, oh, this is how I feel. And then kind of looking at that and being like, that's okay. You are human and you are worthy of you know, the love and kindness from me, i.e. from yourself, even in the midst of that discomfort. And so it can look like just a very simple conversation with yourself. It doesn't have to be out loud. It can be completely inside your head, but just this acknowledgement of like, oh, I'm feeling really anxious right now. I wish I wasn't feeling anxious, but I am. And I see myself in that. I see that this is really hard and I'm going to offer myself kindness love, compassion, knowing that this is part of the human experience and that's okay. And it can be as simple as that. And then we can layer on tools if we need to, right? Because self-compassion isn't resignation. It's not like saying, well, I guess anxiety is just where I live now. It's not that, but it's also not fighting that that's your current truth. So we can then be like, okay, the self-compassion says, this is part of being human. You're not broken. You're okay. And now what do I need to do to be able to meet myself in a way that allows me to feel supported in moving beyond this, if that's what I want? What support do I need? What do I need to to do? What do I need to, to know? So it's not about resignation. It's not about saying, okay, well, I guess, you know, all of this negative stuff that I'm experiencing or all of these hard things that I'm feeling are just part of the human experience. And so therefore I just have to suck it up and get on with it. It's not that, but it is laying down our, like, you know, taking our fists and kind of like, no, laying them down, opening our palms, laying them on our heart instead of kind of turning our fists inwards and feeling like we're constantly at battle with ourselves. So looking at the time, 
I got to just sneak this in because we're almost at the 10 minute mark. But I hope that that is a helpful Tuesday tidbit, a really simple way to practice self-compassion and hopefully a really um, helpful explanation as to why that is so important from a nervous system point of view. All right. I'll be back on Thursday. I hope you have an awesome week. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Self Kind. If you loved it, why not share it? And while you're there, take the time to subscribe, rate, and review the show. I'd love you to come hang out with me more too. You'll find me over on Instagram at ericaweb underscore selfkind. And you can sign up for my e-newsletter by heading to my website, ericaweb.com.au. While you're there, you can also read up more about the Self Kind Hub and other ways of working with me. Until next time, keep being kind to yourself. Bye. Bye.